can't hear Scott. Hello? There he is. Okay. Did you forget to push the button, Scott? Well, so I was doing some editing and I turned the sound off when I was editing to make sure that the sound didn't come through and then I forgot to turn it back on. So that's a yes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So my question to you is, would you prefer to work from home? Yeah. I think I would like a hybrid work scenario. I really like being in the office around people and having that sort of community and back and forth and stuff. But I also enjoy having a couple days a week from home. Right. I prefer to work here because there's just too much going on at my house. It's too busy. I don't feel like people would allow me uh, the... There is that. ...isolation to work from home. Uh, But sometimes I do wish that some of the people who work here in the office would work from home. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think think we all kind of think that. That's one of the luxuries of being here in the morning is the office is mostly empty and then all these people get here and we're like, I'm going. Time to go. Yeah. Out of here. Okay. But this is still a lot of people grapple with this. Yeah, absolutely. The pandemic left us with this like totally different world than the one before it. And in many cases, we're still reconciling with some of those changes. For example, working from home. For lots of people, it seems like a really great idea. But this idea of working from home, it quickly devolved into remote work, which is not necessarily from home, like maybe from a coffee shop or whatever. And with it, digital nomadism, like you can be basically anywhere. And I discovered that that brings with it a whole spectrum of pros and cons. Have a listen. Digital nomadism. This is a word that's been kind of popular lately. has to do with the idea of people taking remote work to the next level. I mean, if you're remote, that kind of means that you can work from anywhere, right? Here to explain a little more is Rachel Waldoff. She's a professor of urban sociology at the University of West Virginia, and she's written a book called Digital Nomads in Search of Freedom, Community, and Meaningful Work in the New Economy. Digital nomads are people who are location independent, meaning they can work. And this occurred, obviously, even before COVID. There were people who could work uh, without going to a bricks and mortar office. It could be that you're an entrepreneur and you can work remotely. Let's say you have an online business or something like that. It could be someone who works for a company. So they're an employee at a company that's letting them work remote. And then people who are kind of um, freelancing. So they have their contract workers. And I would say the, the employee category where you're, where you're employed with a company and they're letting you work remotely um, and location independent so they don't care if you're at home, that's a very large growing category <laughs> as employees have made up their minds that they really don't want to be in the office five days a week anymore. And here now is one of these digital nomads. Meet Rachel Reimer. Her and her husband lived in a van for three years, traveling around and just working on the Internet. My husband and I have been kind of on a mission to find a a way of life that works for us. And we're willing to try basically everything because um, we were working like brick and mortar jobs in Vancouver before. Felt like even though we were working, these jobs and everything looked good on paper, it was we were still feeling like we were drowning, like trying to pay for rent and all of that. And it was very hard to save any money or do anything that we actually wanted to do. The low cost of living was really huge for us in being able to like make it on our journey uh, to where we are now. So the appeal is obviously there, right? You get to live at the beach, work whatever hours you want, and save a ton of money while you're doing it. But there has to be a downside to all of this, right? Okay, let's go back to Rachel, the professor, to tell us about some of the problems that are growing around digital nomadism. So some of the big things that have come up are 
you know, definitely in sociology, is the neocolonialism aspect of it, mm, yeah. or gentrification, however you want to view it. You have a white-collar knowledge worker class where they're making Western or, you know, you know dollars from, from um, industrialized countries, and then they're spending them down in less developed countries and where the currency will take them further. Many people view this as very exploitative. How is that going to affect the housing crisis, the housing market where I am, the culture, the traffic, the environment, the food, you know, everything. So there are significant downsides. And then some people just on principle find the whole thing you know, somewhat repulsive. But it's not like a lot of these people that are practicing digital nomadism aren't aware of this. It makes sense that if you're going to spend a certain amount of time in a given country or culture, you're going to want to endear yourself to that culture and make good practice and not, you know, take advantage of situations like this. Back again to Rachel in the van. I have to be really conscious about certain language that we use when we talk about being a digital nomad. Saying things like, okay, let's move, let's all move to Mexico City because it's so cheap here. Let's move to Colombia because it's so cheap here. And like, my money can go so far. We can live like kings. Like, that's problematic. And I think that's become really common in the digital nomad space and why a lot of people are frowning a little bit towards digital nomads, especially locals who are living in these places. If you're making good American money and then you're going to a place where they're not even making a fraction of your income and then you're driving up rent prices and all of that. That's absolutely a problem. And I think that's something that hopefully over time that there's certain like laws or rules or regulations that countries will set in place to protect themselves and their own people. Okay, so that's a really nice idea, and I think we can all agree that it would be wonderful if countries do do these things to protect their cultures and their people, but we're ahead of ourselves here. The problem is that this remote culture has spread so fast that a lot of these countries and governments in foreign places haven't been able to keep up with legislation to protect themselves from things like this, and the problem is that this remote work thing, it's not going away. In general, I think... The ability to avoid your commute and work from home with more, you know, at least a couple of days a week at hybrid structure is at the very minimum what the future holds. But I actually think that in general, the future for going to the office five days a week is coming to a close for many professions. Remote work, like as it is now, and so many people being able to build their businesses online and everything, like has opened a whole new kind of industry. And, and uh, yeah, I think digital nomadism might be kind of a long-term thing. So there you have it. It's here to stay. Remote work and digital nomadism along with it. But along with that also needs to come the understanding that this isn't a slam dunk, home run, perfect situation for everyone, especially the people who don't have the option to do this and are affected by all of these people moving into their spaces, driving up costs and taking advantage of, in some cases, very limited resources. Like so many things in life, it looks like how this digital nomadism thing is going to turn out is going to be up to us and what we choose to do with it. So... Make good choices. I'm Scott Schantz.
Hmm. Make good choices. Scott, are we always good at that? Well, not always, but I think if we keep reminding ourselves to be that it's hopefully a step in the right direction, I guess. <laughs> There's that eternal <laughs> optimist. <laughs> you know, knowledge is the first step. Knowledge of the problem is the first step. I think we're all still working it out. Like we forget how we want to put it all behind us, but we forget how new this thing is. And it takes time to develop these kinds of systems, right? Totally. Like we discover it's like, oh, I can work from the beach and, and this is great. But and then it takes you? a while to realize that, like, oh, there's a downside, too. There is a downside to that, too. We're all still figuring that out. Scott, thank you. Mm -hmm.